This is The Guardian. Wünschst du dir, dass dein Lieblingsnachrichtenpodcast nicht mehr durch Werbung unterbrochen wird? Gute Neuigkeiten! Werbefreies Hören bei Amazon Music ist in deiner Prime-Mitgliedschaft enthalten. Gehe einfach zu amazon.de slash Nachrichtenpodcasts, um immer auf dem neuesten Stand zu bleiben. Genieße als Prime-Mitglied tausende Akkas-Podcasts ohne Werbung. Einige Podcasts enthalten möglicherweise Werbung. Well, Ian, we've made it to the end of the year. We've got through the pre-Christmas rush, the work parties, the dinners with friends... Here we are. Cheers to that. And you brought the party to Science Weekly. There's loads of drinks all over the table. I have, but don't get too excited because we're not about to do drunk science. All the drinks that I bought are actually non-alcoholic. Well, that's great because I do still have some news to write. And actually, you know, non-alcoholic drinks have got so much better, I think, in the last few years. And... So many more of us are turning to non-alcoholic drinks to get through the party season without waking up every single morning with a hangover. Yeah, and I can do a non-alcoholic beer. You know, you have to enjoy that smug feeling the next morning when you're not feeling rotten and, you know, you're vaguely hydrated. But there are parties when it can be hard without that little bit of social lubrication, isn't it? Which is why... There's a whole new market of drinks which promise exactly that. All the benefits without any of the negative side effects. So I thought today we should actually try some of those and, of course, get the science behind them. Because the fun never stops here. <laughs> It does never stop on Science Weekly. So today, drinks that promise a buzz without the alcohol. What's their trick? And do they actually work? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finley. And I'm the science editor, Ian Sample. And, And this, this is, is Science, science Weekly. Weekly. <laughs> okay. Ian, yep. we're not here alone at our mini drinks party. Sitting beside you is science correspondent Hannah Devlin. Hannah, welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for coming. And so, Hannah... You've been having a look into what alcohol does to our health. Let's get this miserable stuff out of the way quite quickly. What's alcohol doing to us? Yeah, I mean, once you start looking at it, it is really quite striking, the range of negative effects that it has. So it's been linked to high blood pressure, stroke, liver disease, and then a whole range of cancers, liver cancer, mouth cancer, head and neck cancer, And then also, you know, mental health problems, cognitive issues like dementia, Alzheimer's. And it can also lead to weight gain. Quite often drinks are quite high calorie. If you just take a pint of 5% beer, it's essentially equivalent to a Mars bar. So if you think, you know, about having a few pints in an evening, that's not something that you would just normally <laughs> eat without thinking about it. And, you know, I think there's just been this growing public health message as well. We've had bodies like the WHO and the World Health Organization coming out in spring this year, stating that there is no safe amount of alcohol that you can drink that doesn't have an effect on health. So, you know, even if you're perhaps not drinking to excess, but drinking small amounts regularly, that is going to have an incremental effect on your health. And the fact that it's so bad for us, why then... 
does it make us feel so good when we drink it? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's really important not to uh, sort of overlook that. There is a reason why people drink it. It's not just, you know, purely negative thing. And it is essentially this effect that it has on, on your brain. So one of the things it does is after it's gone through the blood-brain barrier, it mimics this brain chemical called GABA which has this inhibitory effect on your brain activity. So it sort of dampens everything down, relaxes things in your brain, maybe takes the edge off your anxiety, makes you perhaps find the early stage of a party more easy to get through. And then it also encourages the release of dopamine and endorphins in the brain. So that's what gives you this sort of buzz feeling that you have after you've had a drink. And in fact, because your brain starts associating that feeling with alcohol, scientists have shown that you even get that feeling from just having a sip of alcohol because you're almost anticipating the effect of it. It's interesting you say that because I've definitely had that first sip experience where you take it and you're like, oh, okay, all my worries are gone for the evening. But, you know, despite the fact that it can feel really nice, sometimes it isn't worth paying the price the next day, which, of course, is why a lot of us are turning to non-alcoholic drinks. And we're going to actually pour you a glass now. Hey! <laughs> so, we've got some sparkling Chardonnay. Mm, it's quite nice. It smells alcoholy. Alcoholy. I think. Yeah. It's but- going down. I mean, they have become so much more popular, haven't they, Ian? Lots of people are drinking this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is now a business worth billions. I mean, the market's growing year on year. And it's partly because, as we know, younger generations are just less interested in drinking. I mean, Gen Z are drinking less than millennials. Millennials are drinking less than Generation X and the boomers. I mean, it's about 38% of 16 to 24-year-olds hadn't drunk in the past 12 months. It's really a pretty dramatic shift. How do they make these drinks? Because so often they do actually taste like alcohol. How are they doing it, Ian? Yeah, so there's actually a variety of different methods that they use, and they tend to use different methods to achieve different levels of alcohol or lack of alcohol, depending on how you want want to look at it. And in the UK, we have essentially three categories of what are broadly called non-alcoholic drinks. You have low alcohol, which is less than 1.2% ABV. That's alcohol by volume. There's de-alcoholized drinks, which are less than 0.5%. So they've had alcohol obviously taken out of them. And then you've got alcohol-free, which is just less than 0.05%. One of the main ways that you're going to produce these sort of low alcohol beers is you just restrict the amount of time that it's fermenting for because obviously it's the process of fermentation of those sugars that is giving you your alcohol content in the first place the sort of counterbalance to that is that you can end up with a fair bit of sugar in there because you haven't converted it into alcohol Dealcoholization is often what they use to make non-alcoholic wine. And that uses something called vacuum distillation. And essentially what you do is you have this system, which is essentially a column of spinning cones. And you have the wine goes in at the top and you use steam from the bottom to take some of the compounds out of the wine. Now, you're trying to take the alcohol out, but often you'll be taking out some of these light aromatic compounds as well. So you can pull those out, if you like, and kind of keep them get rid of the alcohol, but then you'll need to do some recombining to make sure that you haven't just lost all of those aromatics and end up with a wine that is non-alcoholic, but also non-flavoured. 
So out of the methods that you've just described, what we're drinking now, this sparkling Chardonnay, it says that it's made from Chardonnay grapes. So that sounds like it's mm. been de-alcoholized. But it was interesting that you said that a lot of these drinks can have a fair bit of sugar in. Because like Hannah said, alcoholic drinks, you're talking a lot of calories. You might be talking a lot of calories in non-alcoholic drinks as well, but we think of them as more healthy. So so are they actually more healthy? Oh, they are because the alcohol itself is the most damaging ingredient. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. I mean, you get a buildup of acetaldehyde, which is a toxic compound when you drink alcohol. And so it's, it's giving you your hangover, but it's also causing damage. It, it's toxic. So it's more toxic than the alcohol itself. So absolutely getting rid of the alcohol will make them healthier. Okay, so that's good to know. So non-alcoholic drinks are great in certain situations. But as we've said, you know, sometimes you want that relaxing effect of alcohol. So I think it's time that we pour ourselves another drink. This is a new tropic drink. And Hannah, in a minute, you're going to tell us what this is. I've got Sentia here. So I'm going to pour that out for us now. I hope you're all excited. The way it comes out of the bottle is not not a promising. Cheers. Cheers. Down the hatch. Mm. Mm. Quite medicinal. There's a lot of different flavours in there. Hannah, you okay? I think I got a bit of my nose. (laughs) (laughs) While we um, contemplate our drinks and how we feel about them, Hannah... Maybe you can explain, what are nootropics? What are we drinking? Yeah, so nootropics are basically compounds that enhance cognitive functions, like memory, motivation, concentration. And we've come across them before when you're thinking about things like ADHD drugs or caffeine and nicotine would probably count as nootropics. But there's this new class of drinks, functional drinks are often called, which are aiming to do this but outside of the clinical setting so we've now got this kind of new wave of nootropic drinks that are trying to emulate some of the feelings you get when you drink alcohol in particular just that feeling of being a bit tipsy maybe feeling relaxed they're often replacing alcohol with herbal extracts and um, natural products that you know are supposed to give you some of these effects so things like ginseng ashwagandha Penny It's basically the kinds of things that are often used in health food shop supplements. So this particular drink that we're just trying now, it's something that's been devised by Professor David Nutt, who's a chair in neuropsychopharmacology at Imperial College London. And he's got a long career in brain, drug, alcohol research. And in this case, with Sentia, it's trying to recreate, as I said, that sort of tipsy feeling. And in particular... When I mentioned earlier the GABA brain chemical, the way alcohol can mimic that, it's basically, it contains other herbs and other ingredients that also are supposed to have that kind of mimicking effect of, of GABA in the brain. Um, and another example of one of these nootropic drinks is something called Impossibrew. I think it's marketed as a beer substitute. And according to the website, it contains a social blend, which is designed to boost, well, they're claiming it boosts your alpha brain waves and works with dopaminergic receptors in your brain to make you feel more relaxed. The inventor apparently had the idea for the drink after reading a 12th century Japanese text, which popularized the drinking of green tea. 
And so the blend contains one of the active ingredients in green tea, something called L-theanine. And then it also has 5-HTP from giphonia seed and vitamin B1. And again, it contains ashwagandha root, which aims to target the GABA receptors in the brain. So these are classed as food supplements. So they're not going to be tested in the same way as a, as a medicine or a drug like say, alcohol would be if it came onto the market now. I mean, how much do we know about whether these things actually work? They've not undergone some kind of clinical trial, the same rigour that a drug would have to go through. But, you know, there is a sort of scientific rationale. There have potentially been some studies isolating the effect of some of the compounds in them and looking at the kind of chemistry of it. I think it will vary a bit across different drinks, the extent to which there's a, a scientific basis. And I do think that's a really key point to make here, Hannah, because although, as you say, there are some suggestive small-scale studies into each of these particular compounds, these nootropic herbs, actually, you know, when it comes to the amount, how you're drinking it, and all those things, there really isn't actually any evidence that these work. No, I mean, this is not sort of medical grade proof that these things are effective. And, you know, some of the claims, you know, how scientific are they? I'm not sure. But at the same time, these are things that, you know, I feel like it's maybe up to you to make your mind up and whether it's um, having the desired effect. Yeah, so so how are we feeling now that we've, we've had a bit? I mean, I was pretty reluctant, got to say, starting out, but I'm actually ticking along quite nicely now you know I'm sort of feeling okay I'm starting to quite enjoy it yeah me too I've come round I mean it's amazing what you can come round to but I've come round (laughs) what about you Hannah how are you feeling I do feel like I could be maybe having a bit of a warm fuzzy feeling I'm not sure about the taste it's Mm. quite fiery and sort of there's a lot of herbal action bitter herbal elements to it yeah Let's get on to our third round, which is a totally different kind of drink. It is CBD drinks. I know we're not supposed to mix our drinks. That's the cardinal rule, but we're going to do that. So here we've got a couple of cans. Do you want to pass me those cans? Mm. I'll get them open for you. Good, good. So these are trips which is kind of CBD-infused drink. Now, Hannah, you are going to get peach and ginger. More ginger! Oh, no! It might be better drinking it out of the can and not, not seeing the colour of it. <laughs> Does look like you're on the way to the doctors with it or something. And Ian, you are getting elderflower mint. That is a better-looking <clears throat> drink than yours. Have a try, see what you think. It's almost... It's, is it a sort of a spearminty bubble chewing gummy? I mean, it's not bad. It's drinkable. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's preferable to the, the previous one. But yeah, I'm finding it hard to it is a bit nail soapy. down the taste. Yeah. Well, while we consume this next round and you make your way through those drinks, Ian, perhaps you can tell me, I mean, recently we did a podcast on CBD supplements. So... Give me the rundown of what these drinks are, what a CBD-infused beverage is. So CBD is cannabidiol, okay? So this is the sort of non-intoxicating component of cannabis, right? So what gets you high on cannabis is THC, 
whereas CBD is another compound in there, but it's not, it's not going to get you high. Now, what it has been shown to do, I mean, it's in small studies, we've got to be aware of that, but there are small studies that suggest that CBD might help with things like anxiety. People claim to find it easier to sleep, taking their stress down, and potentially it's helping conditions to do with inflammation, so perhaps arthritis, things like that, and psychosis as well. There seems to be some sort of suggestions of, but again, there isn't really a lot of rigorous scientific data around CBD itself. So it's really important, I think, that the marketing of these CBD products just doesn't get ahead of the research or what we actually know of, as, as proper evidence. I mean, the thing is, if, if it is going to have an effect, it all depends on the dose you have. And, and quite recently over here, our, our food standards agency, our food regulator, slashed the amount that it says is, you know, really shouldn't be going above this daily amount to 10 milligrams a day, which is actually incredibly low compared to you know, what you'd use medically. Yes, and it's interesting that that's the recommended amount, because if we look at this can, actually, it's 15 milligrams of CBD. So the recommended safe daily dose is um, is less than a full can. So I'm not going to let either of you have any more. I think I'll make do with what I've got. I think I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. <laughs> and so one thing that I am wondering, I mean, there's part of me that feels a little bit giddy and I can't tell whether that's just because I'm having so much fun with you guys or whether <laughs> it's because... You know, we've had these drinks. Is there an element of placebo going on here? I mean, the fact that I'm expecting to be relaxed when I drink these kind of beverages and I'm doing it in a in a pub at a party where I'm kind of primed to get those effects anyway. Do you think, Hannah, this could be a big part of drinking these drinks? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it makes sense that there would be an element of that. And I mean, I mean, it's quite interesting thinking about, um, you know, those effects that have been shown with alcohol, where you start getting effects within a minute of taking a sip far quicker than it could be working itself through your body. But I think, you know, if there is a part of the effect that's that, does it really matter? I mean, really what you're aiming to do here, you know, for a lot of people is to, you know, have a nice evening and have something that's a bit healthier than, you know, having loads of alcohol to drink. So, you know, we're not talking about a medication. We're, we're talking about something that you just have to enjoy. And have you been convinced by any of these, Ian? Are you going to pick one of these to take home with you and have over the Christmas period? I don't know. I mean, I, I, th I think it is interesting how they're packaged. I think that's all part of the placebo wallop that you get from these things as well i mean you know the wine looks very whiny it looks like a you know classy bottle and so all these signals are going into your brain that make you think yeah i'm gonna have some sort of fun time on that stuff um i, I mean i don't think i'm gonna go out and buy any of these ones in particular but i, I do you know i've, I've got a stock of non-alcoholic beer i think with that you know it still tastes like beer and i expect to feel quite good after a beer so maybe that's doing something hannah can i interest you in any of these drinks I mean, I have to say the CBD one was better than I expected from from the colour of it. So, yeah, I might go for that, I think. Well, I guess that leaves me with the nootropic drinks then, but uh, I think I'm quite happy with that. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Well, whether you're drinking or not, from everyone here on Science Weekly, we'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
Thanks to Hannah Devlin for joining us. We're taking a short break over the next two weeks when we'll be revisiting two special mini-series from earlier this year. And that's it from us in 2023. This episode was produced by me, Madeline Finlay and Josh and Chana with production assistance from Kunal Patel. The sound design was by Mao Lazzetto and the executive producer is Ellie Bury. See you soon. Bye. This is The Guardian. Mit Asana erhalten Sie Einblicke in sämtliche Arbeitsvorgänge. Sie können Projekte teamübergreifend überwachen und alles von der Priorität über den Status bis hin zum Fortschritt auf einen Blick nachverfolgen. So können Sie und Ihr Team intelligente Entscheidungen schneller treffen. Jetzt kostenlos unter asana.com testen. Asana.com Wünschst du dir, dass dein Lieblingsnachrichtenpodcast nicht mehr durch Werbung unterbrochen wird? Gute Neuigkeiten! Werbefreies Hören bei Amazon Music ist in deiner Prime-Mitgliedschaft enthalten. Geh einfach zu amazon.de/nachrichtenpodcasts, um immer auf dem neuesten Stand zu bleiben. Genieße als Prime-Mitglied tausende Acast-Podcasts ohne Werbung. Einige Podcasts enthalten möglicherweise Werbung.